welcome to this podcast from the 2021 Walled City Music Festival. I'm Cahal Breslin, one of the festival's artistic directors. Along with me, Sabrina Hu. So far in this miniseries, we've heard from a singer, a poet, and a composer, and a cellist. And today, for our final episode, we are joined by two choreographers, Carly Condor, the artistic director of Condor Dance, and House Magana, co-founder of Furious Styles Crew. You're both very welcome. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Peace, peace, peace. Thank you for having us. <laughs> Absolutely. We're delighted to have you uh, involved. Um, the first question, we wanted to ask you a little bit about your individual backgrounds, experiences, and your actual work as uh, dancers and choreographers. House, you want to kick us off? Uh, sure. Well, I'm, I'm born in Mexico City, grew up in Chicago, uh, been in Arizona since the early 90s, uh, and then been here at ASU uh, teaching on and off since around 2000, and uh, now just recently became a full-time clinical assistant professor in the past couple of years. And my my experiences, my background is, is in hip-hop, uh, all different forms of hip-hop, hip-hop culture, all the different art elements in it, the very community-based, uh, cultural-based. A lot of the work that I've done, it's a freestyle form-based, so a lot of the things that we do are, are, are in a freestyle fashion, um, but we've been able to uh, choreograph and perform, been blessed enough to do a little bit of everything all over the world, Japan, Germany, we've been to USA for quite a few things. Um, you know, done local work here as well. Been on professional like dance teams, uh, Phoenix Mercury, Phoenix Suns, that kind of thing. So a little bit of everything. My my experience uh, goes across the board a little bit uh, to try to try to bring those flavors back into to the work that we do. That's wonderful. Yeah. And how did you did you start out as a dancer before you became a choreographer? And um, what influenced you, I guess, to go to in this career path? Yeah, the word choreographer is is. is Probably not. It's not. A, it's not a term that that I've used a lot in the, in the past. I mean, dance and, and music has always been in, in my family, in my in my life. It's always been in the household since growing up. But I was always very, very intimidated as a, as a child. Um, you know, having to dance at the parties or, or dance with a partner, dance with a girl, or so it always made me very, very nervous, and I would just cry. Uh, but when I, <laughs> that's just the truth. <laughs> but when um, when I was introduced to hip hop uh, culture and dance, and it was more of a freestyle solo kind of thing, that's that's what really got me interested. Uh, it was very empowering to me at that point. Uh, it was at a very young age. We're talking mid '80s, and. Um, and so that was very empowering to me to be able to build my own things and and, and create our, our own squads and, and the move the movements and the forms were being created as we were going along. So uh, that was that was a big inspiration uh, for me. And then teaching teaching I think came first, and that came through a community center uh, where the universe brought me to a community center where my sister was actually taking some classes, and they that's the first time I was ever asked to teach uh, breaking specifically, uh, which I was amazed and thought it was the the end of the beginning of the world that somebody was going to pay me to uh to teach breaking because that was very non-existent especially you know now we're talking the early 90s uh and so then from there it just kind of uh snowballed and you know and the, all, the choreography and all that kind of stuff just kind of came with the territory you know from doing shows from from trying to uh jump on opportunities that came along but a lot of our choreography was in battle settings and competition settings where we would battle against other other crews so you would have, you know, your team routines. So it all just kind of came with the territory and it just kind of just kept snowballing. Thank you. And same question for you, Carly. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about your background and experiences uh, as a dancer? Sure, yeah. 
Um, I'm an Arizona native, so I grew up on the border of Mexico in a small town called Yuma, Arizona. And a pretty typical story, I started taking dance at a really young age and grew up as a as a ballerina. And um, I decided to study it at the university. So I went to um, a university program where I majored in ballet, specifically in teaching. And, um, you know, to the chagrin of my parents who were doctors and lawyers, um, didn't have a lot of artists in the family, but it was really something that I didn't feel like I could let go of. And I still don't feel like I can let go of it. Uh, hence the kind of progression into different avenues from being a dancer, performer, to a teacher, to a company director, to a choreographer. Um, after college, I uh, performed professionally as in the field of ballet, but then also got really interested in modern dance and contemporary, uh, which is, you know, kind of a breaking of tr those classical traditions. So that was really, really interesting to me to kind of use that classical foundation and see what types of outshoots and ways of departing from that and then coming back to it. So that is kind of been the foundation of me as a choreographer. Um, it does have a, a classical base, but then always pushing the boundaries of what contemporary means at any moment in time. Like House, I am also a full-time clinical professor here at Arizona State University. And so that's been another avenue of investigation that I've really enjoyed. I'm also a company director. My company's called Condor Dance and that, oh my, I was trying to think, this is our 16th year of performances and we don't tour all over the world like House does, but uh, we are, I do try to make a lot of platforms here for Arizona contemporary artists and um, invest in this community and also um, tour when we can. As a choreographer, I really find so much joy working with dancers and, and I would say that I identify with the word choreographer probably more than house would because um, I really love the improvisational aspect of things when I'm creating. That's very much, it's very collaborative with the dancers, but then I find a lot of joy in setting of the details and of the material, seeing where that can take us in terms of connecting with audiences and communicating different concepts and ideas and creating community in our own way. That's great. I just wanted to say as artistic directors that this program for us has been one of the most fun and unique to think up and to put together. This is our 12th year of our festival, but the first one online. And I always say that there's been many blessings in a way for it being online that we can do projects like this that are just incredible that we might not have thought of if we didn't have such a, a, a difficult, bizarre and a year with blessings as well. So one of the really incredible things is that we were kind of able to take parts of Irish culture where the festival normally takes place and to blend it with what we have here. And especially in Arizona, what you guys do is so different, you know, and we were able to kind of combine different types of art forms. So when this project came about, we really wanted to 
utilize you guys in what you have creatively and um, create this really amazing project. It's going to be so really incredible, and I can't wait for it to actually show. But um, I wanted to ask you, was this the first time that you've ever used Irish traditional music to, uh, if not the word choreograph, or to, to dance to? Tell me about that whole experience. Yeah, for me, it definitely was the first time... First time consciously, I guess, and directly working with with Irish music, because uh, and so and I, I have to be honest and say I wasn't familiar with it, and so when I was asked, I was like, yeah, of course we could do this, and then when <laughs> I heard it, I was like, okay, this is uh, this is the challenge, but it's it's uh, a again for for the, the the kind of work that we do in hip hop, hip hop is built off of remixes, hip hop is built off of collaborations, it's built off of <clears throat> putting things together that don't necessarily shouldn't be in the same room uh, so it, that part of it was kind of natural to be able to take something that might seem very foreign or strange um, to what we do and to put it uh, together with the kind of work we do and, and the approach that you know it, when people watch a piece the approach you can see is we left parts of it very it, it, with the traditional music and then we, we remix more parts with uh, with ha having the DJ drop some more boom bat beats on it and some scratching And so, it, it, in the sense of the the concept, it, it's it's natural because we're built off of the remix. We're always looking for that challenges, and and you know, it's as as a dancer, we want to be able to adapt to anything that that gets thrown at us, uh, regardless of what the challenges. I mean, that's the way we see it within the arts, within the MCs, within the DJs. Is uh, anything that you put in front of us? How are you going to adapt with that? How are you going to make that that might be looked at as a challenge and how's that going to be your your strong point how's that going to be your strength um so you know we just we just took it as it was like okay you know if i was at an actual live event and this came down what, what am i going to do am i going to stand here no i'm going to dance and it's just a little you know you don't you don't get that clear boom bat every time but there was some nice there was some nice drums in there the, the you know the, the violins and the vocals and 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 everything put together. So uh, there was some parts that I was like, oh, this is actually kind of funky all on its own. So um, it, it was a lot of fun. Are there any parts of it that you thought worked really, really well? Yeah, there was a... Uh... There's there's a couple of sections again that had had some natural drums in it, uh, which I was I was pleasantly surprised. I was, I was like, okay, we don't even have to touch this piece right here. This this piece already has those nice little drums, and even with the vocals, uh, that worked. You know, because we had the dancers that we had have have, uh, have different approaches, different styles. You know, when when we had the vocals and those those smooth sounds, um, people could come in with with smooth waving and 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 like nice soft movements as opposed to you know we brought in the b-girl to, to do the drums I, I think all, all of it ended up adapting very well that's great and i have to say it, it was incredible when we got the recording from the irish trad group in Derry who recorded for you and then um we asked them at the beginning we said it would it be okay if we added beats to it you know so that we could add dance and they were completely open to it and they said of course and so it's been really incredible for me to have heard the original and then to hear the adaptation and then to see glimpses of the dance i think it actually works really beautifully yeah yeah and that's, and that's great I'm, i'm super super happy that they were open open to that, that collaboration you know because a lot of times because you want to be respectful of all these traditional uh styles you know what i mean so it's definitely doesn't it comes out of a place of respect and honoring what what they're already doing and then what what can we bring to the table uh you know and it's always those mixes always make a, a beautiful 
a beautiful program. So, and Carly, sure. Um, no, we've never used uh, Irish traditional music. I think that wasn't like a a go to place for our contemporary dance company. That being said, I've been in love with it for a long time, just personally. My family can attest I have three children and I'll just ask Alexa, play Irish music. I mean, it's just very broad in the definition of what that is, but um, I had the opportunity to go to Ireland. Um, I was thinking October, 2018, and really, it was me and my daughter and my husband, and a big part of our enchantment was the music. And so we were able to go to different pubs and um, showings. And so when this opportunity came along, I was like, yes, what a, what a great opportunity for me to kind of approach it in a, in a way that made sense. The challenge, I think, always is when you're working with traditional music and sound is to honor the culture and the history behind. And that was really important to me and the dancers. I was most kind of taken with the Sean Noss selections that were offered. And I'd actually never heard that aspect of Irish music before. So yeah, just the very pure unadorned vocals were so easy to kind of just drop into and take inspiration from. What we did, what I did with the dancers was translate, get translations of the lyrics, and then have them create movement uh, to those words, and then see how then that would intersect with the sound. Um, So it was really closely aligned with hopefully the background of the songs. Um, Also, we watched a lot of Irish dance, all that we could find online. Again, just to honor where this came from, the tradition behind it. And so me and the dancers would just watch and just write down different aspects of it rather than kind of like, oh, they're, they're skipping and they're huffing around and, you know, um, just say like what what makes this a unique dance form in relationship to the music? So we tried to kind of dismantle and like not dismantle, but deconstruct like what Irish dance was and then how we could insert ourselves into that. I think similar to house in a lot of ways, but yeah, for me, the challenge was really continuing to honor the culture and the history behind the dance form and the musical form. I think that that's also something that we've thought about a lot because of course the the music has existed for for such a long time but also there's been dance associated with that music and 
under certain, you know, if there's this number of beats and it's in this style, then it's a certain dance automatically. Mm -hmm. And fans of Irish traditional dance will actually kind of identify and know these things. And that's why we were asking our the Irish musicians, you know, that is is this going to really work? And is it good if we do this? And <laughs> And they, they just thought it was a fantastic idea and they were very excited by it. So it's it's just a, it's great to be able to see the collaboration come together, even with all of its differences. Yeah. And this is the type of project that we would be so amazing to do live. So right. <laughs> onwards to the future. Yeah. yeah. I also want to say, I, I know that some other collaborators, Mary and Eileen, really pushed to have it set in Desert Botanical Gardens, which I thought in the end was so amazing. I mean, again, this idea of contrast between what we're hearing, what we're seeing, the history behind, and yeah, kind of like allowing us to to dance in that kind of our native land um, was very, very inspiring. Absolutely. I agree, I agree. Uh, if uh, we were able to get a piano to Desert Botanical Gardens, yeah. we, w we would have done the other projects there too. <laughs> totally. So. Okay, we're, we're going to ask you some general questions about, you know, the artistic approach. Where, um, obviously, sound and movement, how they combine. You guys deal with this all the time, uh, combining uh, the movement with music. Could you talk a little bit about with this particular project, what the process was? How did you line things up? How did you select movements to match the, the actual sound? For us, we started with the uh, first I kind of spent some time just listening to the music and, and, and figuring out how it was kind of broken up, kind of sections it had. Through that, I, I tried to envision like a story and the characters, uh, knowing that I had these three characters and kind of made space without specifying all right, you're going to go here, here, here. We just, I kind of left it open and broken down into sections. Um, and then with the DJ, I just kind of let them know that this is where I think, uh, you know, we could leave these parts that are, that are already kind of funky on their own uh, by themselves. Let's play with with these sections, you know, because at first he was scratching over the, the music and I was like, you know, I think it'd be interesting for them to hear their, their music being scratched and manipulated. So went through that process with him, uh, kind of made a storyline, kind of broke things up, and then I just let gave him the artistic freedom to 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 do what he wanted to do with it. We went through a couple of runs of that, going back and forth, and then when it was rehearsal time, uh, we made it very very organic in the sense that it was like, okay, let's just let's just listen to the music uh, as as we're warming up, as we're feeling it, and let's see what sections uh, call to you. What what's that, are there particular sections of the music that you're most attracted to that resonate with you in some kind of way? And it did come up pretty pretty naturally, where people were like, oh, we, I really like this part. I let them kind of just freestyle through things, and I would just give minor minor suggestions on, on movement, on staging, on using usage of the space, you know, timing with things, you know, just being that extra pair of eyes really and, and directing the process. We took so, a lot of similar approaches with like Carly and then some, I think, in the opposite way, even though I was interested, I'm like, I wonder what, what these lyrics are actually saying. Um, but but it was like, you know, let's just go off of the feeling of what this feels like to us. You know what I mean? And maybe it's going to be a perfect, great coincidence where it's going to be like, wow, that, that feeling is exactly 
with the words are saying, or it might be opposite, but we want to really just go off of that because that, that's the connection that we make with movement is that you let the music dictate your movement as opposed to like trying to force some kind of movement on top of that. Like, what is it, what is the music telling you? I often in classes talk to the students about the music being like considering it like, like a person, like, so like the life of the party. We could all be in a room hanging out and have great snacks and great food and great people. But the, the second that music gets into the room, everybody's like, oh, music. Oh, what? Oh, you want us to bye bye? Oh, you want us to, <laughs> you know? And so, <clears throat> so we just kind of take that approach. Like the music is, is, is uh, this other person that we have in the group. So what's the relationship with that? And, and let's listen to the music and it, and it, the music never fails as long as you, as long as you listen to it and, and let it guide you. Um, I just had a follow-up question uh, for you, House, and that was just, um, I'm, I'm not an expert, but uh, what I see, uh, there, there were three very different styles of dance, and could you mm. maybe talk about a little, some of the detail um, behind behind the styles and the specific dancers, uh, who are they? And Yeah, absolutely. So it ended up working great because we ended up, have, all, all three dancers are three different generations, really. Mr. Groove, which is the oldest of the group, and he's part of our Furious Styles crew. He's been dancing with me for over two decades. And so he represents that older generation. His uh, his expertise is in popping uh, and locking. And then kind of in the middle, we had uh, Ruby, which is an alumni from ASU as well, Ruby Morales. And she represents the, the breaking aspect of it. Uh, so she represented the B-girls, the break girls, uh, which is the original style of hip-hop dance. And then uh, the the youngest of them is uh, Domo, uh, Dominique Brown, which is a current student right now. She's actually more of a fusion, like she's she's fusing more of a lot of things because she's still finding a lot of a lot of her past. So she'll see her do a little bit of uh, popping. Then you see a little Chicago footwork in there. But then you also see her mixing some contemporary. So she's really trying to play with things. Uh, she did a little bit of capoeira, I think, even. Uh, so it was the three generations, uh, and it covered uh, the, the popping, locking, breaking, and then just that true essence of, of, of freestyle dance, which is, you know, kind of like the Bruce Lee of, of, of styles, where it's like, you know, the style of no style. Like you're not, you're mm. not in one particular form, but you're taking all these, all these different forms together. Um, you you know. didn't dance? House. My knee, my knee started. Uh, it's been acting up again, and and as much cool. as I wanted to, I was like, so right. I, I, I had to fight it really, really hard. Because <laughs> even when I was there, I was like, right, maybe I could sneak in. I'll just little. jump in. Yeah, yeah. and I, I so could have, but but uh, my knees, my knee got better, and then it's been not getting better. So I'm, I'm, right. I'm gonna have to be responsible. Yeah, be smart. Well, maybe next, next time. time in yeah. Daring. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when, when, when we go, when we go live. That's right. <laughs> And Carly, same question for you. Um, how did you actually line up those uh, movements uh, with the music itself? Sure. Hearing House talk about kind of hip hop's relationship to sound, it makes me jealous in some ways because I feel like the postmodern approach to choreography and sound is very complicated and complex and somewhat fraught in a lot of ways. You know, if he describes his his relationship with sound as the life of the party, I would say 
like our forms relationship to sound is is a partner that you have a very it's complicated relationship with so um it was interesting to kind of approach this as you know making these decisions how much does line up and how much is are we dancing through the music and hearing the energy and the vibe and the the history behind it and then kind of when do we come in and out of aligning with the music and then when do we depart i think that's always the struggle in a lot of ways when you're a postmodern choreographer and working with sound um so yeah it was great to make those choices i think when you see the film you can kind of see where we decided to really where we counted, you know, where we were responding to definite changes in the music and then where the dancers were more free form in the way that they were approaching the music. For me, I I do enjoy it because I feel like the video had a part, like it was an element that had its own role to play and then the sound also kind of takes center stage sometimes and then the movement then takes the spotlight. We did create the movement first and it was based on the the language that was part the the lyrics of Kunla that were translated and then I had the dancers create their own uh, gestural phrases that then were expanded into more movement traveling full body phrases and you'll see all of this in the film kind of like that those initial gestural ideas that are then expanded into full and then then we would learn each other's movement where the unison sections would arise what was really interesting and different this time is that nobody could touch each other so that's a big part of what i normally do and of course this is covid related um, so I had to figure out, you know, oh, partnering is not going to be part of this. So how do we create a sense of community and partnership without physical touch? So I had four dancers and that was challenging <laughs> for me. And so after the movement was created, then, yeah, we would listen and decide, okay, this seems to to lend itself to this part of the music and this section has more energy and so we're going to. So I, I'll be honest, we I almost always create the movement first and then we'll decide how it intersects with the music afterwards. I was gonna ask a question about, you know, uh, whenever you do these projects and, and there is a filmographer, uh, Lawrence Fung is our uh, filmographer in this case, how does that change the process? Uh, do you are you happier in a live performance setting, or are you happier to see it on film? And do you just leave the filmographer to do his thing and then see what happens, or do you do you think sometimes, oh, this worked really well, but I wish I wanted uh, this instead? Or how close is that interaction whenever you're working with film as opposed to live performance? It's an interesting question. I think. Um... I think because we're seeing so much film, at least these tiny, small clips, you know, these social media right now, where you see these tiny two minute TikToks or Instagrams <clears throat> that, right, that changes, changes the beast a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think with, with Lawrence, because I've seen his work in the past and he has great work, 
really I just kind of gave him this is the direction of, this is what we're thinking this is some of the transition that we're, we're seeing but at the same time we, we try to treat everybody like a, like they're individual artists he's an artist it's the same as we are so we want to give him that same kind of freedom to like look if you see something you have a different eye you're looking at through through another side of the lens so if you see something different please we want you to add that right that this is a complete collaboration uh it's not like just set up the camera and film us and and you know have great quality film you know everybody here on th on this call right now is, is an artist you guys as as directors of this are artists i mean you, you also had a vision but you had to trust us to do our thing uh and so that trust has to go all the way around and and that's what makes a community that's what makes these connections that's what makes all, all these things uh able to work and it is such an interesting concept that everybody collaborates. And I remember watching the filming and, and watching when Lawrence was filming and how he would kind of glide like a dancer on stage to, you know, I guess not move the camera, but also to follow certain movements. And I think it's fascinating for us as musicians to see that because we are often filmed in a different way, maybe with different angles, but not with somebody following our bodily movements, you know. So it's a really great learning experience for us, too. Yeah, I think it makes a difference when the when like Lawrence, he's he's a dancer himself, so I, I know that he knows what he's looking at. Especially when if, if we're doing breaking or something, I know he knows when to catch things. Yeah, I have a lot of respect for Lawrence and his work, and in this project, well, at first I want to say I think as dancers and choreographers, we've had to very quickly get familiar with presenting dance digitally and not live. This was a great opportunity to do that and just immediately know that it was had to be viewed in lots of different ways and not, you know, just from a proscenial um, frontal perspective. And so that was exciting to me. Also a little scary because I like to have a lot of control over my work. So, but that being said, the first thing I said to Lawrence was like, I totally trust you. Anything that you're seeing that you want to pursue, I, you know, I'm just presenting uh, the material and you can cut in and out of it in the editing process. And I'm really excited to see, you know, what this collaboration brings up. And um, you touched on this earlier about just the changes this year, about even when you're choreographing for your dancers that because of COVID, you know, they, ha they can't touch each other. And, you know, as a, um, as arts in itself, this has been a, a challenging year but you know there's been a lot of good things like this project that have come out of it what in particular for you guys as dancers and choreographers has been the most difficult this year and can you hang on to anything that you've learned this year as we go move on to the future even as things return to normal what's been the most difficult <laughs> <laughs> that's a long list uh yeah i think for for us you know, it's it's difficult. The most difficult thing is that, that that for us, this is a very social social dance. These are very social forms um, that depend very much on the interactions and and the energy that you have with people and exchanging. Um, so that, that that's that's at the core of it. So removing some of that or all of that at some point was definitely a challenge. Which I even myself, because I just barely started going back in person a few weeks ago. Uh, and and I was honestly like, okay, the Zoom thing isn't that bad. I get to be at home and I can you know do other <laughs> things. And so, so, but then like the minute that I went back to the first class, I was like, you know, and, and part of it was because I was like, I feel like I'm 
the connection, we're losing the connection a little bit with, with the mm -hmm. students. And so as soon as I went back the very first day, I could feel it between myself. I could feel it between the students, um, the, the reaction, the way they react. And also probably my teaching style uh, is very interactive. I like to jump around the room the whole time and yell and scream and, and shake people. And <laughs> so, um, you know, but as soon as I went back, I realized like, okay, no, this is very, very necessary for this. You know, we have to be able to uh, get back to these, these connections. So, you know, finding that and figuring out how do we, you know, how do we do, still go back even in person and still keep safe and still still follow the regulations that we need to follow. Um, but, you know, for a lot, you know, it's very cliche, but in general for the community and hip hop, it, it took it back. It, it reset. I mean, I guess with the, with the entire world, but it took it back and put a reset on thing where now mm -hmm. uh, everybody's dancing literally back on the streets. Like we, we can't be in studio. So we literally have to go back out on the streets and dance. Uh, so for us, that, that, that reset was, was kind of nice. Again, it, it kind of forced us and made us appreciate like, look, the studio is, is a luxury. We're lucky to have these things, but you have to be able to adapt as well uh, with these things. So, you know, it's, it's been challenging, but again, at the same time, we, we you know, we just look at it as, as a, as an opportunity for new creativity to, to reset, to kind of re-appreciate re things that maybe we took for granted. I, I had a similar experience to you, House, in that I was kind of really happy dancing in my house all summer. Um, again, I have three kids and I was like, oh, this is so great. This is really working. We can just keep doing this, you know? And then the first day that I went back and had a room it wasn't full of people you know it had 10 people as opposed to 30 people um with masks on six feet apart we're dancing in boxes there's boxes taped out on the floor so that people don't get too close to each other i was like oh oh my gosh you know it it's different this is different and it really it's that energy but house it was so great to hear you talk about just uh, having limitations be kind of like the genesis for more creativity and more ways to share what we do and do what we do and making us aware, me aware of the importance of the work and why we're doing it even under adverse conditions. Just kind of really getting back to what's essential, what's important as an artist and making the decision again to pursue it in the ways that are available to us. I think in terms of kind of a more postmodern modern dance, I'm seeing a lot of dance films that have been really inspiring to me. Getting outside, working within the medium, but in a way that allows greater access to the whole world, you know, not just a limited live audience. We're doing a show, our first in-person show in a couple weeks. And there's, it's part of me, I'm like, what, the, we're not live streaming this? You know, like, we're all, there's only 50 people that can be there, you know, like, this seems very limiting, you know? <laughs> so um, it's funny just, you know, how quickly we kind of switch into embracing this accessibility. And so that's what I've really enjoyed and thought about a lot going forward. You know, how can we allow someone in India or Mexico City or Israel to still access what we're doing as we're doing it. And I want that access, you know, I don't want to be cut off. I don't want to be limited to my access to their work. It's been really interesting. I do want to touch each other though. 
<laughs> I do want to be able to, to touch other people in the process. I'm waiting for that. Hugs, hugs, hugs. That's one of the things that when students would go to like a hip hop event for the first time, surprisingly, that's the main thing they would come back with like, wow, you guys hug a lot in hip hop. And I was like, yeah, I, I guess we do. You know, you walk into a jam, you hug everybody. And I was like, I guess we do. And I was like, and, and you know, and that, that's your automatic, which brings up the other like, you know, appreciating of like how much it does for our, our health, our mental health uh-huh. and our physical health. Like, you know, you, you start to, I'm like, mom, I'm getting a little grouchy here. What's going on? And, you know, my partner would be like, you need to dance. That's what, that's yeah, what needs to go on. You gosh. know, you don't have, you know, you don't have your weekly church sessions or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it brings out all those things that, that maybe we don't, we take for granted normally uh, when we see dance as just this physical thing and just this, uh, this activity where like, no, this is actually therapy for people. This is actually, yep. you know, making us healthier all, all the way around it. And, you know, as dancers, because we're moving and even all artists, you know, we're creating this energy that's contagious, that, that goes out to the rest of the world. So it's, mm-hmm. it's vital, uh, you know, and it's the arts are just vital for, for the world in general. Yeah, we can definitely relate to all of those things as musicians and often working in large groups. And so, so much has changed in that way. But um, there has also been so much in terms of innovation in the last year. And I think for us, online is something that will probably continue uh, beyond what we had done in previous years, where our focus was to bring an audience in and none of it was online or live streamed. So Maybe that will change in the future. I mean, we wouldn't even be here. We wouldn't even be having this conversation. Exactly. You know, if it, yeah, we didn't have these technological tools to allow us to work together. And it just puts more ideas in your mind about what's possible, not only online, but when things get to normal. I mean, these types of collaborations are just wonderful. And um, to see them live as well as online. So mm-hmm. that's looking towards the future. Um, I just wanted to thank both of you so much for this really fascinating conversation and also your collaboration with us in this project. It has really been one of the most unique and fun projects for us to put together. And um, yeah, we just hope that we will see you dance live in Derry or where else we decide to bring this project in the future. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having us. The Closing Gala concert, in partnership with music and dance faculty from Arizona State University, will feature Carly Condor and House Magana, and is available to watch on walledcitymusic.com, on our Facebook page, and on our YouTube channel. That brings us to the end of our final podcast in this year's Walled City Music Festival. We hope you enjoyed listening to them. Bye. Bye. Peace. Bye-bye.